going to continue in our series today called Plank. We're getting stronger around here at 1910 Church this August. We're developing our core. You know that if you're physically fit, if you exercise at all, you go to a gym, any physical fitness guru, trainer, yoga, Zen Meister, whatever, going to develop your core. With your core, your body functions and operates in, 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 a, in a better manner, probably more like it was intended to. We're developing our core. There's some things that I believe we in the church need to work on, develop, make us stronger so that we can run full throttle with the vision that God has given us. We've talked about serving. We believe here at 1910 Church that when you serve, you grow. We take that from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Scripture says, Pastor Gary, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We say this around 1910 Church, you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. When you get past you and you look to make somebody else's world around them better, I'm telling you, I think that puts a smile on the Father's face. Do you agree with that? We talked last week about the need of being in groups. We challenged you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope none of us are satisfied where we're at. As we looked at in scripture last week, it's time for some of us to get off the bottle of milk and to dive into the filet mignon and to grow and to want the meat and to just develop the more protein, the deeper things of God. And listen, we've been promoting, we've been advertising groups and we've got a study that starts here in a few weeks called Rooted. Do you say rooted or rooted? Rooted, anybody say roof? It's roof. But in Rooted, listen, we believe that it's an, I don't know what's happening. We, 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 we believe that Rooted is gonna be something that's gonna set us on a deeper journey in pursuit of the Father. But here's the reality of it. It does no good if we paint walls with grass and have great t-shirts and, and say that Jesus was in a small group and things like that. You have to determine whether or not you wanna go deeper. You have to. Now, I'm just gonna let you know something. Whether you decide to sign up for a group or not, we're gonna do it anyway. But I hope that you'll join the fun and that you will have a desire to get to know your creator God in a much deeper way. And it comes whenever we're in groups. Hey, celebration is awesome. But there's something special that happens when you're in a group with other people. You know what I'm talking about? Today, I wanna continue in developing our core. I wanna share with you something. All of these things that we're gonna be speaking about in this series are important, and I don't wanna rank one above the other, but if I did, I I maybe should have started with this one, Greg Lewis, and you're gonna love this one. Here's what I believe today, some strengthening core development that needs to happen is through prayer. I believe prayer strengthens you. I believe that when we pray, we grow and we're stronger, and we're better prepared to fight our battles. We're, we're gonna go for it, right? Now listen, in Luke chapter 11, verse one, I, there, there, there's an incredible verse in which the disciples of Jesus come to him and said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? Now I don't know about you, but I'm just gonna be just a little human right now. I, I probably would have asked, how do you walk on water? What's that? We went, we went to the Sea of Galilee back in April, and I seriously, there was one lug nut, I mean, gentleman in our church that really stepped into the Sea of Galilee. I'm gonna just try it, and he, he didn't make it. Um, I don't know what that says about his faith, but anyway, I'm just, just kidding, Tom. I didn't mean to. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, Lord, how do you take a few pieces of fish and a few loaves of bread, and how do you feed thousands and have leftovers with that? How do you you cast a demon out of someone and throw it into a pig? How do you take some dirt, Jesus, and spit on it, make a a, a bomb? 
south and put it on a guy's eyes and say, now I want you to find your way through this crowded city, bumping, you need to go wash yourself. And how does he get his, I don't know what you would ask Jesus for. I'm just telling you, there are probably some other things that I would have said, man, I would love to know the secret sauce of that, right? But in Luke chapter 11, verse one, it says his disciples ask him, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Why would they do that? You know why? Because they saw power that came to Jesus through consistent times of prayer. That in those toughest moments of his life that he, that he would retreat, oftentimes he would get away from them even while they were still asleep. And he would go and spend some time with his heavenly father, pressing in and asking him, God, what would you have me do here? Father, I don't wanna do anything that I don't see you doing. God, not my will, but you, you guys know those things. Jesus would pray those. And his disciples and the people that were around him knew that the, the key to Jesus' strength came from that consistent time he spent in prayer. Let me ask you about your prayer life. Where is it at? Do you pray? Now, I know what you're saying. Of course we pray. There's not a meal that, 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 that goes through this household in which we don't pause and thank God and give him honor. Or, or I, I, every night I tuck my children into bed or when I tuck my husband in at bed, I, I pray over him, you know, before he, he goes or they go off to sleep, right? A lot of us are good about praying when we find ourselves in a pickle. I don't know what that means, but I think that means in a difficult situation, right? When we find an adversity or struggle against us, man, we are quick to pray. What about in the good times, though? Do you ever celebrate and thank God for what he's done? God, thanks for waking me up today. Have you said that yet? God, thanks for my family. Thank you. Thank you for, for the bagel we had or the, ooh, the Mary's tacos. Anybody Mary's tacos? You sorry, dogs. I've been up here since 7 a.m. and hadn't had a morsel but do we thank God for all he's done? How's your prayer life? Is it strong? Is it vibrant? If the, if, would the people around you know that that is your source of strength and power? How do you pray? You know, our, I believe that what we see happening in our nation today could, could, could probably change a great deal if we would return to prayer. If, if, if we would be so distraught over race relations in our nation and begin to pray and, and, and see how God views. You know, God doesn't see color. He doesn't see socioeconomic status. He doesn't see what state you live in. And, and he doesn't see what nation you're from. He doesn't see how, how many sins you have. He just sees you as an object of his great love. And, and, and what's it gonna take for us to see each other that way? What, what, what's it going to take for us to, 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 to see that a lot of the things happening, maybe it's just happening because we have moved so far away from what Jesus said he wanted to, his church to be known for. In Matthew, Jesus says, my house should be called a house of prayer. Not preaching, not singing, not more conferences, not great programs or some serious swag at, at, at Restore. But, 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 but my house should be called a house of prayer. And, and, and I'm just thinking, John, that maybe a lot of the mess we see happening is because we've so far removed ourselves from the heart of Jesus. Are you with me today? You know, our nation, when it was originally founded, was founded strongly. Our forefathers and those before believed in prayer big time. Just, just June 7th, 1775, I think battle before Bunker Hill, we find this great call of our, our leaders to say, hey, let us take a day of prayer and fasting and no work, no service, and let us be a people that pursue a holy God through prayer. 
even with the signing of that Declaration of Independence, we know that many that were gathered in what hall in Philadelphia? Is it Freedom Hall or something like that? That many of them were pastors or or spiritual leaders and, and they believed that, hey, what we are setting out to do, this nation that we want to establish is gonna require an awesome God in heaven to make it happen. I believe that's still true today. How many people have sat in the Oval Office in your lifetime and maybe we've depended on and trusted in them too much when really we know that the secret sauce that we need in our nation is a God in heaven who's got the whole world in his hands. Are you with me today? I love what pastor and author and speaker and college professor Dutch Sheets said about this very thing. He said, America was birthed from a prayer movement. And America will be rebirthed with a prayer movement. Aren't you ready for revival to sweep across our nation? Aren't you ready for a move of God to come across our land? I'm telling you, this thing that we're talking about today, prayer, I believe, is the key. Prayer is the key to revival. Prayer is a sign of revival in our nation. Anytime you look throughout major moves of God throughout history, whether that be biblically or just historically as, as, as nations, whether that be the Great Awakening, the Welsh or Azusa, whatever, you will always find a group of people on their knees in prayer first, praying for a move of God. Seems like today we just show up and we token prayer a lot of times just because, well, there's a, a worship member that says, let's pray and I don't know. And maybe that's why we're missing. Maybe that's just why we're seeing so much going on around us that hurts the heart of God. Things that were never his original intent when he created this place. It seems like our country's spiraling out of control, but I want to tell you that there is hope because God's not finished and he's still on his throne. And the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe, can do it in our nation again today, right? Are you with me there? In fact, I love these words that, that the Lord gave a young King Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. He says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray. Not attend a conference, not hear another sermon, not give more money for, no, if they will pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Wow. Church, are we pure? Where are we at in our pursuit of holiness? Where where do we stand when it comes to righteousness? But if they'll turn from their wicked ways, the Lord told Solomon, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins. And there it is. And I will restore their land. I'm telling you, it doesn't take much to understand that, that the restoration that we need in our nation is for God's people to pray. For us to pursue him. It's crazy world we live in. With the things that we see on the news media today, with, <clears throat> with things happening even in your own world, the disruptions, the, <clears throat> the, 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 the evilness that's being perpetrated all across our nation. And, and for a lot of us, I know it's easy for us to become a little fearful and for anxiety to, to, to well up within us and, and for us just to seem like it is, it is hopeless. Well, I'm just telling you, there is something that can bring revival to this land. I, I was reminded in, 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 in its prayer. When, when, when David wrote these words in, in, in Psalm chapter 80, there was a lot of unrest happening around him as well. 
And he had seen throughout their history how how the people had abandoned God and how their enemies would come and attack them and how destruction just seemed like it was now the new norm for their day. And and, and I love these words in Psalm chapter 80 that, that David pens because I also believe that they're what's needed in our world today. He says, revive us so we can call on your name once more. And then time and time again, I think about three different times in this one chapter, David says these words, turn us again to yourself, O Lord God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. Guys, can I just tell you something what our nation needs? We don't need more methodology. We need the power of God. And the power of God is available to us when we press in and seek him. Jesus knew that and he modeled that. And that's why his disciple says, Lord, would you teach us that? Teach us to pray. I pray that this house would be become a greater house of prayer. It it is a house of prayer. We believe in a lot. By the way, just a programming note, but on September the 28th, on a Saturday morning, we're we're, we're gonna be gathering with our prayer ministry. And for anyone that that would love to to just maybe grow in this discipline of your life, we would encourage you to come, but but also hear how how you can be involved in, 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 in ministering to people through the power that we believe is available to us when we pray. September the 28th, we'd love to have you here for that. But it's prayer that's gonna change things. It's prayer is what's gonna bring revival. And I just believe that the greatest thing that anybody can learn in this building is learn how to pray. And we wanna encourage you to go deeper. Serving is great, gonna take you deeper. Groups are great, gonna take you deeper. But I'm telling you, there's something powerful when we develop prayer in our lives. You guys know that there is a lot of unrest and things going on in our world today, and it seems like where is God in the midst of it? And I'm just telling you, people aren't the problem. You you know that any time you represent anything of God or of the light, that there is an enemy of darkness that's going to try to stop us. I don't know where you land on the realm of spiritual warfare, whether you believe it's real or not. I know that it's it's, it's more than a book series by Frank Peretti or Ted Decker, okay? This is real stuff. Spiritual warfare is a battle. Anybody felt like you've been in a battle this week? And your battle, I'm reminded, is, is not against one another, but it's against the dark forces, You see, prayer is powerful. And when we pray, it brings us into the presence of God, communion with him. But you also need to know that it thrusts us into conflict with the enemy, with evil, the devil himself, Satan. That's why we would find words in Ephesians chapter six that remind us of this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. It's warfare. We need to pray all the more. And do we not believe that with God that all things are possible? That we are overcomers, that he is greater than anything we will face? I'm telling you, prayer will help us in this war that we find ourselves engaged in. Do you pray? Are you persistent? 
I'm reminded of a story in, in the book of 1 Samuel about persistent prayer. And I think maybe just the, 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 the spiritual breakthrough that maybe you're longing for or needing in your life today, I believe is gonna come through persistent prayer. More so than looking to the counsel of another human being, more so than another program that we offer at the church, I'm just believing that for someone listening here today, the breakthrough that God wants to bring in your life will come when you pray and when you not give up pursuing that breakthrough. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, we read about a man by the name of Elkanah and he had two wives. We don't encourage that in our culture today, especially in this state, um, uh, but, 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 but Elkanah had two wives. Penina was one and Hannah was the other. Penina was able to bear children for Elkanah and she bore him children and, and, and Elkanah kind of favored Penina a little bit more than he did Hannah. Hannah was barren and could not have a child. And each year, it was a Jewish custom, Elkanah and his family would, would travel to, to Shiloh where the tabernacle rested for a little over 400 years. And once a year, every good Jew would go and make a pilgrimage with all of his family and belongings and, and they would offer sacrifices to the Lord. And, 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 and during that time, Elkanah would receive a, a food offering and, and he would bless Penina, his wife, that was able to bear him with children and greater food supply than he did Hannah who was unable to bear children. And the scripture says in 1 Samuel that every year this went on, that Penina would torture and mistreat and say ugly things towards Hannah. That somehow maybe she would send the message that I am more highly favored by our husband. And can you imagine enduring that on a yearly basis? Going to a place of worship and leaving there feeling mistreated and abused. May that never be this house's DNA. May you always be encouraged and know that although we are not perfect, you are highly loved and favored by God. And we're all on a journey together. But for years, this went on. And Hannah would, 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 would become severely downtrodden as a result of it. Scripture says in, 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 in verse nine one day that Hannah got up and she went out to pray. And, and while she was praying, Eli the priest heard her praying outside the tabernacle. Scripture says that Hannah was in deep anguish and she was crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you and he will be yours his entire lifetime. Eli saw her praying and probably wrestling in anguish and pain, but he didn't see her lips moving. And so he just assumed that maybe she had been hitting the wineskin a little too much and become a little drunk. Sir, I'm not drunk, she replies to Eli, but I'm in deep sorrow and anguish over not being able to bear a son. Well, how many of you know that God knows some stuff and he knows what he's doing? Uh, in fact, I love what it says in the message translation. If I have that verse, can we throw that back up there? God began to make necessary arrangements in response to what she had asked. Some of you right now are going through some pain and struggle and difficulty. And I want you to know that God always responds to those who are hungry. 
and for those who will be persistent and those who will continue, although it may seem like the outcome is bleak and dim in your life, you keep pounding the gates of heaven in prayer and just watch a breakthrough come in your life. God may be making some necessary arrangements for your life right now. I love what it says. When, Hannah, uh, when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel. For she said, I ask the Lord for him. What are you asking the Lord for today? Is there a breakthrough that you need in your life? Is there an outcome that we would love to see a little bit different in the world in which we find ourselves living? I'm telling you, the breakthrough may just come. The revival may sweep our nation when we develop our core through prayer. Are you with me? I wanna ask you to do something today. First of all, would you stand with me? And I wanna ask those of you that would be willing to come and join me down front and kneel at this altar today in prayer because I know with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, if you wanna come and kneel before the Father, I know that some of you need some breakthroughs in certain areas of your life. Maybe there's a health outcome that you need a breakthrough in. Hey, for some of you, maybe you know someone who is lost without Jesus. Maybe that's a family member. Maybe that's a friend. I'm telling you right now, can we begin to pound the gates of heaven and pray for that breakthrough? Come on, prayer brings revival. Prayer can bring salvation. There's no one too far gone. Do we believe that? Hey, we've been talking about our schools and schools are just now starting up, right? Hey, can we see God do a great work in our schools once again? Can we pray for an outpouring of the Spirit to walk hallways, to fill gymnasiums and band halls and theater stages? Can we ask for a move of God in our, in our schools once again? I'm telling you, we took prayer out of it years ago and look where we're at right now. Can we pray for God? Come on, we, we, we need authority over it. Come on, let's claim that. God's authority over school campuses, over homes where students are learning right now. Come on, do we believe that God can bring that breakthrough? What about in racial reconciliation? Come on, how, how can we call ourselves Americans but yet still hate our brother or our sister? Come on, it's time for us to realize that for God so loved the world. That doesn't mean just you or people that vote like you or think like you or have the same skin color as you or eat at the same places or, 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 or purchase. The, no, no, God loves me. Can we pray for a move of God, a breakthrough in race reconciliation in our nation today? I'm telling you, God can do that. And it's gonna require him. It's not about us working harder. We need a move of God. Hey, hey, hey if, if there is a wall that I could encourage us to build today, hey, what about us building a wall of righteousness? Can, can we be a people that pursue righteousness? Can we restore holiness? Can we get back to that place where we know that this is what God has said to us and he wants us to return to him? He wants us to come to him. We come to the altar today, Lord, and we're, we're re repenting of our sins. We believe that you can do it, Lord. We know that with you, all things are possible. Where are we in our holiness? You know what? We've made a holy mess out of holiness. 
Father, forgive us. Maybe because we're not seeing the breakthrough and revival is because we, we are not right as the body. Maybe we need to confess and repent of some stuff. It's forgiveness. He paid the price for that. He's, let's sing, oh, what a savior. He's incredible. Oh, what a savior. He's wonderful. Sing it. Sing hallelujah. Come on, because he's risen, we can too. Things don't have to stay the same. He's Lord of it all. Thank you, Lord. Father, forgive us. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come to the altar. God, we believe that with you all things are possible. Our world is not too far gone. God, we will be people that will return to prayer. Revival is available. Breakthrough is available when your people pray. We seek your face. We repent of our wicked ways, Father. We humble ourselves and we will pray. Our prayer ministry team are gonna be down front today and remain available for you if we can join you and part with you with any situation you're facing today. We believe a miracle working God is here and he is more than able. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the victor, the God of heaven's armies. You're for us. And Father, we seek your face. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.